Hello and welcome back to All My Darlings, where we are reading Harp Song for a Radical, Life and Times of Eugene Victor Debs. We're on page 85, chapter 27, another couple page chapter. The way Brother Vittling took into the Iowa Territory in search of a lost horizon was not even a plank road was not even a plank road upon which the stagecoach, with its families of western migrants, both foreign and native, including three children and the utopian crusader, jumped up and down in imitation of the ball of the red sun, but was a road of mud, with its fringed outline sometimes lost, sometimes spilling over into seas of flower-starred mud, in this autumn of the year, where suddenly, almost without transition, snows as cold as arctic snows would cover somnolent marshlands, the ice so thick that it was like a coffin lid which would not lift until the spring. The stagecoach was often up into the hub of its wheels in mud and up to the horse's head, so that by the time Brother Veetling came to Colony Communia, with, its, with his face reddened like the harvest sun, he must have seen the poor scarecrow or scapegoat he was, mud upon his, mud upon his hat, mud upon his coat, mud upon his elbows, mud upon his knees, mud upon his toes, mud to which there clung brambles and twigs and flowers and wings of moths and feathers of birds. Vittling had enrolled his faraway brothers of the Arbetterviver... Just to get again, it's a German word. Arbetterviverin. In a community which they would have been unlikely to see even if it had not been even if it had not fallen to pieces. For the first time in my life, according to his report to the disciples, I stand on the sacred soil of a communal brotherhood. This land, as far as the eye can see, belongs to us. Perhaps in the low-lying clouds, which were to be soon replaced by snow flurries, ice storms covering the loom and blotting out boundary lines, Brother Vitlin could see not only with his material eye, but with his spiritual eye. The communia, communia, or, as it would be called in English, so, so there's been spelling communia with a K, K-O-M-M-U-N-I-A, and then as it would be spelled in English, communia, C-O-M-M-U-N-I-A, had as one of its main advantages proximity to other centers of German workers who had come here in search of corn for bread, sometimes before the gold rush, sometimes after the gold rush, when they had turned aside because of the gold rushes, casting their reflections upon rivers and streams, and because of the wild turkeys and deer and other game which might be brought down by the hunter's gun. Located upon the confluence of the Volga and Turkey Rivers, the latter containing where it emptied into the Mississippi Indian mounds of the effigy type, Communia was not far from Gutenberg, first called Prairie Laporte, but in 1834 rebaptized and renamed by German migrants, now nearly approaching a thousand, who made their living working in lead mines. Also near was the German community of Elkadder, which was to be known for the harvest of grain. Again, Germans were, Germans are, are, um, make up the largest immigration population in the United States from Europe. The utopia in which Vittling had invested, sorry, I don't know what my nose is decided to run. Arbetterverains, God, whatever. <laughs> capitalistic dollars, which were not moon dollars for the promotion of the harmony and economy of communism, he had laid down only $80 at first from the membership dues of a brotherhood which had wished to assure burial rights, had been founded in 1847 by followers of the dead brushmaker from Switzerland, whose new Helvetia and long-tongued Missouri grasses had provided the brushstrokes for this 
still very tentative colony when it moved to the Iowa wilds. The departure of Heinrich Koch from the presidency of the original Iowa commune, who had first come to America after the Revolution of 1830, had been caused by the accusation that he had appropriated for himself and his family the gold, which was the corn, and had even registered the prairie and woodlands in his own name, when the place which was supposed to see the death of expanding capitalism was the property of all. With a payoff of $600, 600 strings of gold hay, golden hay hanging from his pitchfork, this flamboyant King Coke, probably descended of the Coke brothers uh, in the U.S., who was under appalling accusation by some rival communitarians of the sin of embezzlement, taking for his own use that which was entrusted to him for his care, but whom Brother Vitling believed had been guilty of no crime other than that of fiscal and material mismanagement caused by the fact that he had not had the correct key that would open the door from the past to the future, had been clever enough to utilize his talents by becoming a contractor and political leader in Dubuque, the river city wedged between the cliffs overlooking the Mississippi, Father of Waters, where Julian de Bouquet, or de Bouquet, de Bouquet, French-Canadian beaver fur trader and lead miner, had started making his living on a grand scale. Under Brother Vitling, when he had taken only a bird's-eye view of the Iowa commune, with its busy blacksmith at the forge, where the horseshoes which were hammered out were made for dray horses, that which was to rule was not concord but discord, caused at least in part by the claims of rival egos, for whom the only altruism there was flowed from him, whose arbitrarian was like a milch cow drained and leached and shriveling as it gave off its milk for the support of families who lived better than did the average distant member who might never live to join their acres between the turkey and the volka. One of the problems which the semi-orphaned Brother Vitling had sensed quite early was that the women with children, and especially those still suckling at their breasts, did not contribute to the economy. Right, because breastfeeding isn't a full-time effing job. Okay, the mothers were unwilling to be plowwomen for the community or help at the harvest while their babes ran around like small birds with their shadowy wings and long grasses, and they might themselves be in danger of the ghostly reaper with his scythe. Nor would they leave their babes sleeping on a mossy knoll to be tossed up in their blankets in celebration of good corn with red gold ears or wheat or barley or oats. The workers in the makeshift Iowa version of a potentially earthly paradise were not necessarily engaged in the profession or trade which had been theirs in the outside world. Because of the shortage of hands necessary for the building of what was to be a vast commune, Brother Vitling had tried to recruit new helpers to leave where they were and come to this wilderness within a wilderness to serve the idealist masters of such skills as those of Millwright, who understood the upper and lower millstones of the maintenance of wheels, and doubtless he should never be so drunk that he would go to sleep between two millstones." maker of bricks, carpenter, two stonemasons, and two shoemakers, and a fiddler, three union dances in celebration of the work from sunrise to sunset. Nothing, however, had gone according to even the most haphazard plan, in a land in which everything seemed to be left to the rule of whim or chance, as was said of the land of capitalistic opportunity, hedging on to these uncertain, ever-clouded borderlines. And new recruits had brought new problems. There were complaints that there were no feather beds for communitarians to sleep on. Brother Vitling was to find many acres under no cultivation, although the members themselves ate well and had dough for bread for a trowel big enough to have given space and to have provided comfort for the slumbers of a snoring horse. There had been not only bread for the hungry mouths of members, there had been wine. There had been little or nothing to take to market, for there were many acres uncultivated. 
One of Brother Vitling's increasingly patriarchal ambitions had been to buy an automatic reaper, for which, however, in view of staggering debts and mortgages, he did not have the dollars available for borrowing from the Arbita Veterans and Memorial Funds. No matter how many skilled workingmen came to sink their life savings into this communal colony, no matter how many sporadic rivals of interest there were, it seemed it would seem to be sinking fast, and there were limits to the numbers who could be given living quarters in the long wooden cabin and the small cabins which looked out upon the post road to Dubouquet, proud French city where the old-time beaver hunters had made their fortunes. Brother Vitlin's enthusiasm of belief in the future of a jacked-up earthly paradise was that which had caused him to extend his hand to the hands of those who had succeeded. Seceded. We arrived at the colony on Good Friday, according to his report in Die Republik der Eibeter, Public of the Workers, um, whose members were being urged to take their money out of the, an old soccer bank and bring it here and bring their spades and other working men's tools in their toolboxes like long coffins with them if they could. For now was the time of the awakening when the scarecrow with his old tramp coat and canvas painted face and battered hat and brambles made into walking sticks flapped about in the wind of his own motion as he guarded the crop which in the seed time had promised so much, certainly a double harvest. And now was the time of the awakening of the dead hopes which had never really died, had only seemed to die. If suddenly the scarecrow with the patches over his eyes showed a human face, what was so unusual about that? There came always a wandering tramp or two or three who dropped in for a feast when the robin redbreast found the green cherries had turned red and ripe upon the trees, which in the winter time had been shrouded with embroidered lace like old wind-blown demented brides who suddenly awakening found that they could give milk and little cups to their babes. On Saturday we buried the old Judas of Misunderstanding, and on Sunday the Holy Easter of the Arbetervirain we had the resurrection to the eternal glory of our good cause. According to the crazy clown, who never for a moment had been beyond the range of the dialectical materialistic arrows since he jumped out of the Marcus Engels card game in Brussels. On Independence Day, twelve wagon loads of approximately forty Americans were greeted by Brother Vitling when they made a bumping, grinding journey, which was not that in which each wagon load carried a banner, like a great sail fringed with vermilion and gold representing one of the twelve disciples, and was not that of quest for some new moon or Venusian marshland or distant lightning bug star, but only that which had journeyed from Elkander to Camunia. Elkander. Uh, to Camunia. With them, the travelers had brought not only plenty of juices of the apple in a fermented state, along with cheese heads and hogsheads and melon heads, but alone, shambling fiddler, who was out of tune with himself and with his instrument, knew only one tune which he broke in the middle as he struck with his bow upon the strings of a violin which was battered in the winds, made by his own motions and by his sawing up and sawing down, and with no doubt should have been called the coffin of music and laid to rest in silence. The dancing communitarians could not keep time with its wheezing, snoring sounds. All right, that's my last recording for this week. I'm going to be adding some historical links um, to it. Uh, I'm going to message Paper Pills and see what the reading schedule is starting the 1st on Sunday. And... Um, I'll probably be back on here the third to talk about it. So you will have had, for those that are participating, you will have had a couple of days to get your stuff in order uh, in order to participate. Um, so I will be reading along with them, but I 
do not know if the podcast, I, I just don't know the reading schedule and I don't know or think the podcast will be able to keep up with them. So I may be reading ahead and then podcasting back uh, with the earlier, uh, keeping up with the podcast, but it's going to be behind. Um, so I'm excited again. Uh, once we get it, like I've said, we're barely 100 pages into this book um, with a lot more to go. I hope to finish by uh, the end of this year, um, but I don't know. Um, I hope to finish it, but um, I heard another rumor that the new edition of Ms. McIntosh, My Darling, is coming out in October. I have no idea if that's true. I haven't. Well, here, let me look it up. I'll see. Let me see if I can find it. Well, what do you know? So, it is back up there. It says it will be released October 24th, 2023 for $25. $25.99. So, I will keep an eye on it. Because that will be interesting. Compared to, I guess they have two, no, they have a three used ones and $400 and then a two collectible ones with $60. Which isn't bad. Dust jacket and missing. So I am, I'm excited to, if that comes out, I'm, I'm going to buy it. And I'm excited because um, I have been, there's some new developments that have come up, uh, especially to go along with um, topics that, uh, that Young covered in the book. So I will be excited to read the book again, I believe for a fifth time. One, two, three, five. I believe it'll be a fifth time. Fourth or fifth, doesn't matter. But um, yeah, so that, that might happen. But that will, be, um, that will be coming up next on the podcast. And then I believe that will be it. So friends <laughs> and neighbors, you might have me for another year. Uh, on the podcast and I think I'm going to go ahead and just let her work speak for itself and we will we will call it good um, I don't have any um, advertised on the channel I tried the it before it upsets me um, I tried it before uh, uh, because they've never paid me I've had the um, I've met all the requirements done everything I'm over the amount and they've never paid me and uh uh, it's, that's poop. 
<laughs> so there you go. There's just no point uh, to messing with any of that. So I would love to go back and take off the ads uh, that I did previously on the episodes, but um, I can't. I have to completely, they won't let me, which is crazy. They won't let me remove the ads. I have to completely delete the episode, which I don't want to do either. So that was an experiment I did and yeah, didn't work. But um, anyway, so yeah, that will, that's why all of this will stay at free. Plus the it just will because there was no reason for it. I just wanted to see if if I did what they said that I was supposed to do that I would get royalties. I never had that. I'd never done it before. So I thought, well, okay, they say they will. So let me try it. And then did it and then nothing. Uh, Anchor got bought out by Spotify and neither one ever went through with, with uh, paying their contributors. So I say fooey on them. They don't work. Don't use them. But so, yeah, so we were looking at this and then another reading, Miss Macintosh, my darling, with all my thoughts and processes. It'll be fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm I, once again, after I, I, I pick up stuff, still things catch my eye and I pick it and I pick it up. Um, and I'm like, oh, this this could apply to Miss Macintosh. <laughs> this is after spending so many years with Miss Young, with uh, Mac, uh, Margaret Young's works. I still see stuff and go, oh, this this applies. This this applies to what she was talking about in the book. This could tie into it. So still, after all this time and all the work I've done with it, still finding stuff that um, resonates back to her work, which is why, uh, of course, that you know makes her a genius. Of course, um, that's what makes her uh, her work important. Um, okay. That's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, have a great weekend or, or whenever you're listening to this and hope you're well.